And he he said, you know what they say, especially when they're on a six month long trip, any port in a storm will do. Oh, (laughs) was there like a little bit of like special eye contact, like maybe a wink coming your way? Like the new boss is on board. I don't know what's going on, boys. I couldn't uh, I couldn't see through the smoke in the Hey everybody, happy Friday. Welcome to the Exec Sum Podcast. It is July 9th, 1.45 a.m. in New York. If you're still up, grab an energy drink. It's going to be a long night. It's 6.45 in London. <laughs> and 2.45 p.m. in Tokyo. You guys have almost made it to the end of your work week. Boomer, you got Bloomberg in front of you. You're looking at the markets. What are you seeing around the world? Yeah, so stocks are, S&P futures are down, seeing a little bit of a bid across the petroleum complex, a little bit in the green, up about a quarter of a percent. Definitely, I would call tonight's uh, downward move in the S&P sweat bees to last night's murder hornets, where the S&P dropped. I just felt like it was dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. Today, saw tons of volatility in the trading session. Gold's putting in a little bit of a bid, hovering around 1800 level, up about 0.16. Uh, the uh, market doesn't have much to trade on tomorrow. Um, I don't know what the direction, I don't have really a feel for the direction of the market. But the big thing is, in Asia, despite uh, Japan going into declaring another emergency due to COVID, that the uh, Japanese stocks and Asian shares uh, printed a pretty big reversal from set uh, well off of session lows. And with about, uh, what is it, about an hour and 15 minutes left in trading in Tokyo, it looks like the Nikkei is going to close in positive territory. Well, I mean, yeah, so we got that. And we also have the uh, Chinese IPO listing DD company turned doo doo. Yeah. They have That's great names. They do have great names over there in China. So DD turned to Dudu pretty quickly after listing on the New York Stock Exchange and raising $4 billion in IPO, which is the largest uh, raise in a Chinese IPO since 2014. And then over the weekend, Chinese regulators banned the use of the app in China. Just and like, they said it was a quote unquote, cra- you know, quote unquote, crack down. But it just seems like these people are trying to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, uh, they said it was the name of data security and privacy and all of that. I mean, China is a place where the the government spends more on domestic defense, i.e., monitoring the citizens of some people than. It spends on um, national defense, the defense of its nation. So 
that strikes me as relatively disingenuous. I was pleased to see the Biden administration uh, put a pressure and sanctions on Chinese entities over the deteriorating situation in uh, Xinjiang province with the, with the Muslim Uyghurs being in forced labor. Um, I thought that was a great move that no matter what your political stripe is, everyone can agree that that shouldn't be allowed to stand. Yeah, so did, did Dudu also, or I guess did the Chinese government also feel like they were kind of shorted uh, some some revenue with Dudu listing, you know, on international soil instead of at home? Or yeah, there is a move. There is a move, at least under you know some uh, sinologists, which are uh, what Chinese watchers are called, or people who study Chinese politics, Chinese government. Um, there is sort of a, a feeling that they're trying to push more towards a domestic uh, uh, IPO listings as, as far as the United States go. I don't know why anyone would ever invest in a Chinese company uh, because they don't have GAAP, which is generally accepted accounting principles. The, the real underpinning, the 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 real underpinning of the U.S. financial system and our transparency is we all have a agreed upon accounting rules, right? So when companies report earnings, we know what they're talking about. They say earnings per share of blank. We know what that is. In China, that could mean anything. <laughs> and so I, I don't even know why you'd be invested in a, in something, uh, a Chinese IPO in the first place. Well, if you win a Chinese IPO momentum chasing, I'm sorry that this one did not work out for you. Volkswagen BMW got fined $1 billion by EU for pollution cartel. You, you've had several BMWs. How does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this was related to the diesel scandal. I had a, a, the last an F10 M5, um, which uh, was the last one made with the stick shifts, and then an M2, which uh, uh, you got to drive out in New Mexico. It's the first time you ever drove stick shift. Um and, uh, but the biggest fine I think should be levied. I saw a guy today down at my beach house, uh, for 4th of July weekend. It just extended my time a little bit. And, um, <laughs> there was a guy who, whose whatever his life decisions were, led him to make, to buy a Porsche Panamera as opposed to a 911, which, you know, Porsche is owned by Volkswagen now. And not only did he make that bad decision, but he doubled down on it by getting the vanity plate for South Carolina that said Panamera. Oh, oh, it's just like he like <laughs> labeled himself. It's like being a right? douche and then having douche tattooed on your forehead. Yeah, being born in the last, <laughs> born to having the last name being douche and then getting a tattoo of douche <laughs> in your arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is bad. The, uh, the, <laughs> Sex, the sex move or finance headline of the day comes to us from the M&A section. <laughs> Get ready, oh, yeah. Boomer. <laughs> Port operator DP World offered by South Africa's Imperial Logistics oh. Company for $890 million. <laughs> DP World. <laughs> I feel like there's probably an OnlyFans named DP World. <laughs> <laughs> and look, 
Look, uh, this is a PG-13 podcast. Um, you can Google what DP means if you, for some reason you don't know. Um, but uh, it reminds me of a time. So we, you know, we had this portfolio company that was a tugboat company. And these tugboats would go do offshore uh, rig moving. And I got to know a couple of the tugboat captains. One of them was named Fred, but I always called him Cappy Seamus. I called him all <laughs> Cappy Seamus because shouldn't every tugboat captain, especially an ocean-going tugboat captain, be called Cappy Seamus? And he was driving me around in his truck, and it's like 102 in August in Louisa, South Louisiana. He had the windows rolled up, no air conditioning, chain smoking. And I was like literally in real time getting lung cancer. And he, he said, you know what they say, especially when you're on a six-month-long trip, any port in a storm will do. Oh. <laughs> Was there like a little bit of like special eye contact, like maybe a wink coming your way? Like the new boss is on board. Let's I don't show know him what's going on, boys. I couldn't uh, I couldn't see through the smoke in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Could not make direct eye contact. That that is a shame. Oh. Uh, so I don't know how close you are to, you know, being able to qualify for, you know, senior citizen discounts at the local <laughs> ice cream shop. I'm, you, I'm you, Gen X, damn it. I'm not even a boomer. I just, I just speak boomerese. You are I'm boomer even... adjacent. Okay. I, I am boomer adjacent. I'll give you that. I mean, I'm well, still using a, still using a Blackberry. <laughs> I was, I was going to get you a fake ID for your, for your birthday. Um, to get you those discounts, but not anymore because African ID ver- verification startup Smile Identity raises seven million dollars Series A. We're all in trouble. Twenty-one year olds, or I guess twenty-year-olds across the nation are shaking in their boots. Your time is over, guys. Smile Identity is coming for you. <laughs> did, did you have a fake ID when you were in high school? I I'm gonna have to margolo you. I can neither confirm nor deny that that statement. So I did, and um, I <laughs> I grew up in the South, if you can't tell from my accent, and uh, and so, but my <laughs> we all went down to get fake IDs in Atlanta, and uh, mine was from Vermont, <laughs> and so I would go out to my parents got a a farm. I mean, we didn't live on a farm; we just had a farm or something. I don't know. I would go out there with buddies. Have parties on the weekends, and I would stop by like the local, you know, Seven Eleven out there and show them my Vermont ID. <laughs> it's like no one from Vermont would be in the rural South, and uh, they it worked every time. But, but uh, I mean, if you're working at a Seven Eleven, you you don't care. You just don't care. Yeah, like you may you, not. Right? Like I, not. I, I'm pretty sure this is real. That uh, if you ask to see their ID. And they can't they can't just like keep going with with the with the undercover operation. They gotta be like, You got me, nice job, you know? You <laughs> asked, you asked the question. Right, right. You have to tell me cop. You said the magic um, word open sesame, okay. Gigs right. up. You know what's funny though? It's it this, this headline Malaysian conglomerate Boosted is weighing options for its listed palm oil subsidiary. I don't know about you guys, but do you see like an inordinate amount of news headlines related to palm oil on your Bloomberg terminals? 
I feel like palm oil is always in the news. And I don't know what palm oil is or is used for. And the fact that I don't know what palm oil is used for, is is that racist? I don't know enough about palm oil myself to actually confirm that. And I don't have a Bloomberg terminal, so I can't. I can't look at it. But. So I don't I don't know what it's used for, but I just see this this unusual amount of stories about palm oil. And I guess, you know, I know it's only grown in that region of the world. And I think it's used for cooking. Um, but uh, it's just weird. I, Bloomberg seems to have this weird palm oil obsession. And, um, you know, my favorite part about Exexum is the VC section. It, it it's more of comedy for me because it's sort of like what kind of stupid shit will they come out with next and what stupid names? I mean, today's today's crazy name was definitely DP World, but I don't know. I kind of feel like that. Uh, uh, where is it? U- United Credit spelled Y O United Credit. That sounds like you mad. <laughs> you mad? You bad? They have United credit coming. They're <laughs> yeah, already- they do. You, you mad CDOs, you mad MBS, you, <laughs> you mad. And then they say they're data driven credit. Like, what is the, is there something that's not data driven that's credit? Like, <laughs> you know, I guess maybe Vinny, the local loan shark, is not data driven. Well, that's but, the only uh, reason you don't see a non data driven credit startup in the VC roundup is because they didn't raise any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. But yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think uh, um, it's just it's just each week. It's it's hilarious. I mean, this one, ed tech startup slash video game studio hybrid. OK, 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 that's a thing. FinTech, um, now ed tech. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> U-tech. U-Tech? tech So I was around for the first articulation of rap. And there was a famous what rap. What does that even mean? Like, for, the, is, can we pinpoint the first yeah, time someone yes, rapped? Yes, yes. The first rap song is called um, One, Two, and Three into the Four. Um, it is uh, a Sugar Hill Gang. And um, Don't Stop to You Rock. You know, and yeah, there's literally the first rap song and i was you know around mm, i wasn't aware of music probably at that age but one of the biggest most famous guys was a guy named special ed and i kind of kind of feel like in today's culture like you could not be called special ed and be a famous (laughs) rapper you know if he's got the flow he's got the flow man i guess so i guess so but you know, I, 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 I just this every. I just love the VC section. These people are just crazy, and you know, there's 250 billion dollars of dry powder in venture capital. And how do you even spend that when your average check size is, and an A round is what three to five million, maybe five to ten, B round maybe thirty to fifty. When you start thinking about that allocation. And it's so misallocated too, because you could be like the best plumber in the world, right? In Chicago, and you want to go start a chain of plumbing stores, but instead they're going to allocate the money to a 
uh, disrupting data storage app, like the 35th version of one, right? That, you know, shaves off 0.02 nanoseconds from data uploads or something. Or maybe is that the whole plot of Silicon Valley, the show? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you just uh, did a nice intro for them. Thrive Market, an online membership-based grocer. Why should you have to be a member of a grocery store? <laughs> what? Let the people get their groceries. No, but I mean, I'm serious. Like, what? That sounds like Amway or something, you know? It's like, it's so bizarre. You go to those places, the Walmart adjacent thing, Sam's Club, and they're like, can we see your Sam's Club member ID? I'm like, I just want to buy shit. There's just you like want, dozens you, of people lined out outside the door, just like licking their chops at this you know, wholesale price blueberry cart, but they can't can't make it past the big bouncer at the store. I think, I think one of the biggest flexes that I can offer you, not only you, but our fantastic listening audience is that I have never lived in a zip code that also has both a Walmart or either, or a Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Best Buy, Dick's Sporting Goods, uh yeah. So I think most of our listeners feel bad for you. <laughs> they feel bad for me because I didn't live in an exurb. This is a great time to bring in House 69K, our crypto correspondent, circle of the issuer of the USDC stablecoin, agreed to merge with Concord Acquisition Corp for four point five billion dollars. How is there four point five billion dollars tied up in a USD? stable coin I thought the yeah, whole point you know was was there uh stable yeah it's supposed to mimic the dollar the question is what sort of and we'll hear from it in a second but the question is what kind of collateral surrounding it it's bob diamond is back right so bob diamond took over lehman brothers rebranded barclays bank um post 2008-2009 collapse i see him around nantucket which the best quote about Nantucket I ever heard is just like Disneyland for wasps. Um, and you, you go there every spring. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Did you actually, just drool? Did you just actually, drool when you made that noise? <laughs> well, you know, Boomer and Jason. Well, let's send it over to house 69 K. Give us a little lowdown on what this means for circle. This is Hal69K reporting about the stablecoin issuer Circle, who has just announced their $45 billion SPAC deal. And if you don't know what a stablecoin is, a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency. And in this case, it's running on top of the Ethereum network. So you can send it back and forth just like you would Ethereum, except in this case, it's pegged to the US dollar. Uh, the, recently, the Bitcoin sell-off has seen a huge rise in the market cap of stablecoins. In fact, USDC's market cap has increased 5x since January. And right now, they have $35 billion in circulation. They're projecting $83 billion by next year. And then they're projecting $194 billion by 2023. They're projecting this with their current users, meaning the people who are depositing into their accounts. So what they do is they allow people to deposit 
US dollars. So there's only 2,786 accounts. So these must be very large accounts to create such a large market cap. Um, and they're offering them a return based on what they describe as income sharing and transaction costs. Their long-term targeted EBITDA is at 35%. If you compare this to MasterCard or Visa, which is at 64% or 52%, or Coinbase, which is at 33%. So it looks like they're targeting the EBITDA of Coinbase. I thought an interesting thing I read was from a, a tweet from someone that's deep inside of the decentralized finance space where they said, not throwing shade, but interesting to see these numbers at a 4.5 billion public market valuation. Most major DeFi protocols destroy these stats in terms of number of users and revenue. And some are anonymous with only five to 20 people controlled by the, the community. They are transparent and very undervalued. Some of these projects are working on stable points. Thanks, Hal. And so, uh, and last news on the SPAC roundup, uh, Polestar is an interesting one. Uh, they, for car freaks, um, Volvo, which is known for being, uh, there was this movie in the 80s, and it was about an advertising exec that kind of got nuts, and he started to tell the truth about advertising. Dudley Moore played this character. And, and he came up with this tagline, Volvos, they're boxy, but they're they're good. And, you know, Volvo's known for being boring and safe, right? But they, sort of like the M division or the AMG division of Mercedes, Polestar uh, got together with Volvo and uh, created some pretty cool, very fast little uh, hot hatchbacks. And now they've gone to the EV market to be honest with you, I, I I would be kind of interested in one of their EVs. I don't know how excited I am given their China ownership and whether their supply chain includes any forced labor. If, assuming it did not, uh, I think it's one of the more attractive um, EV offerings sort of out there. But uh, my cabin um, in North Carolina, there's no... It's, down near the end of the Blue Ridge Parkway, and there's no charging stations. So <laughs> people take their Teslas, they're really excited, you know, to go drive on the Blue Ridge Parkway, but it's just the right amount of distance between charging stations. So there's always like 10 Teslas just sitting on the side of the Blue Ridge Parkway mm. <laughs> uh, because they've run out of power and they couldn't get to the next charging station. So for those of you who are sort of car freaks, keep an eye on Polestar. A $25 billion deal is pretty impressive given that they were basically, you know, the M division of BMW um, just a few years ago. And so thank you, Billy, for having me today on the ExecSum podcast. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend that is filled with a lot of fun or that you get some good sleep and listen to a Morning Brew podcast. Thanks, Boomer. Yeah, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning into the July 9th podcast. If you want more crypto takes, follow House69K on Twitter. 
make sure you're following and subscribe to the exec sum podcast here is that rap song first of its kind that boomer mentioned earlier take it away sugar hill here's wonder mike hank and master g the sugar hill gang now what you hear is not a test i'm rapping to the beat and me the groove and my friends are gonna try to move your feet you see i am wonder mike and i like to say hello Oh, to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, and the purple, and yellow. But first, I gotta bang, bang, the boogie to the boogie. Say up, jump, the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie. Let's rock. You don't stop. Rock the rhythm, that'll make your body rock. Well, so far, you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along. And next on the mic is my man, Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Check it out. When I'm imp, the dimp, the ladies pimp, the women fight for my delight. But I'm the grand master with the three MCs that shop the house for the young ladies. And when you come inside into the front, you do the freak spank and do the bump. And when the sucker MCs try to prove a point with Trent's trio, or with a serious joiner from sun to sun and from day to day, I sit down and write a brand new rhyme. I put the same that never